Hey, welcome and happy new year, everybody. Do we have any bells or whistles? <laughs> I knew you did. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, happy new year, everybody. 2021 is here. Now let's watch things change. Let's hope they do. Oh, boy. So <clears throat> today on the show, we have on our very favorite author, Mr. Matt Shea. He's a great way to start off the new year. So that's one of the reasons I brought him on here for the new the new show for the new year. So anyway, today on the show, we've got a couple of things going on. We've got the Astro News of the Month that's coming up next. And then also after that, we have the Astro Celebrity of the Week, and we're taking on Mitch McConnell. Now, <clears throat> a lot of you people are going to be ticked off when you hear me talk about him, but you'll have to understand that the way he is is the way he is in his chart, okay? Okay. So uh, we're going to be talking about him and see what makes him tick. So anyway, um, yeah, we're going to have a fun show today. It's going to be amazing because we're going to be talking about things like um, authoring books, also our Barrel Full of Monkeys productions. We're going to be talking about that. We've got a new one that's coming up. I'm doing a recording this afternoon of my part in that book. It's going to be reading a short story, which will be fun. So anyway, we're going to have a fun day today. So anyway, without further ado, we're going to have a break right now. And when we get back, we'll be doing the Astro News of the Month. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 a.m. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Alternative Talk 1150. It's good for what ails you. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. Okay. With that mystical music. Oh, it has an end. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> it just goes on and on forever. It's a song it never, that never ends. It never ends. But it's like you just cut it off perfectly. That was perfect. Okay. So this is the Astro News of the Month. We have four events happening this month that are that you know bear some looking at. Last month was really nuts. Just we had the the grand conjunction with Saturn and Jupiter that was that was a few weeks ago, and of course we couldn't see it here because of all the rain. But anyway, I saw a lot of pictures of it. It was pretty amazing. So anyway, um, a lot of stuff happened last month too in the news. I'm not going to go into that right now, but. You know, it would figure that when stuff picks up, when the astrology picks up, when things start to happen, then things in the news will happen because, as they say, it's as above, so below. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the first thing we've got this morning, we have the new moon on January 11th, and that's going to be at 23 Capricorn. Now, I meant I mentioned the degree and the sign that it's in because... There's been so much stuff going on in Capricorn over the last year. Pluto and Saturn reached that degree point and adding Jupiter to that. And then it was squaring Mars. And uh, well, anyway, that was all crazy. So 
this new moon may very well signal some brand new developments in the news and some new advance, advancements with things. But basically, it's a whole new, a new moon is basically a new direction you're taking. So it's starting with those two planets together, the sun and the moon, saying we're going to start off doing something new. And then at the full moon, we'll reevaluate what we've been doing. So, okay, so that's going to be on the 11th of January. 23 Capricorn, expect to see some of the Plutonian, Jupiterian, Saturnian issues from last year show up on the doorstep of this full moon. Full moons and eclipses, and really, they don't exacerbate, but they echo previous transits. So there'll be things that come in that were haven't been resolved yet that will likely be resolved around then. Okay. Then on the heels of that, three days later... Uranus is going to be stationary and going direct. Okay, that'll be at six degrees of Taurus. So if you have anything in your chart that's right around that degree, that's about six days into the sign of Taurus, which would make it about uh, uh, April 20th, 38th, 30th, 29th, 30th, right in there. If you have your birth date right around there, kind of watch out for that because Uranus, when it stations, sudden things start to kind of go crazy. It's this, this is the crazy planet that is hardly unpredictable. We just don't know how it's going to turn out. So, and we also have the thing because it's in Taurus, we have issues with the financial market. So, we're going to be expecting to see some stuff happening right around there. So, that's um, the 14th of January. It's stationing, but it's going to be, oh, basically, it's already started to station. Excuse me. Because Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto move very slow, and the stationary periods, as they start to move into the station period, the planet starts to slow down, slow down, slow down, and by the time it gets to the point where it flips around and goes the other way, it is stopping, this planet is stopping in the sky, not moving. Well, it is a little bit, but not that much. But then it flips around the other way. You know, the planet really doesn't flip around the other way. It's from our Earth's perspective that we look at this and going, wow, that's really interesting that the planet is flipping and and going in another direction. Well, it's going to be going direct. So the stationary being a stationary thing, stationary tends us to have us look inward, to look at solutions that we can find within ourselves. You know, and uh, and that's the generally the retrograde statement. Retrograde meaning going backwards within self, within yourself to to figure out what the heck is going on with yourself. And then then when it moves into direct, that means the energy starts to move forward. So if you've been doing a, a really long process on on Uranus or something else. Uh, during the retrograde, it's going to move forward and it'll start coming out outside of you. So you will have learned a lot. So that's basically the teaching thing happens when you have the retrograde planet. When it's direct, it's you've learned it. Okay, okay. All right. So and then now at uh, January 27th is full moon in Leo. That sort of echoes the Uranus square because it's six degree of Taurus for Uranus. And then actually the nine degree of Leo squares that. So uh, you have that. So that's going to probably echo the Uranus stationary. So that'll be very interesting to see how that goes. Okay, and then finally, we have a, a full moon, too, by the way, is seeing perspective, both sides. Okay, and January 30th, Mercury goes retrograde. Oh, joy, oh, rapture. Everybody's going to be excited to hear that. Three times of the year for three weeks each. 
it goes retrograde, and it'll be going retrograde at 26 of Aquarius, two degrees from my Venus. So who knows what that means? So, yeah, it, it, for three weeks, it'll be retrograde. So a lot of things will happen with your computers and your cars and all those kinds of things that are mer ruled by Mercury. So you'll just kind of have some fun with that, everybody. And so just realize when things start to go wrong with your computer or your car, just hang out and try to kind of put a salve bandage on it until it goes direct again. And that will be three weeks later from that date. Okay. So now it's time for the Celebrity of the Week. Okay. All right. Now we have Mitch McConnell here. I figure he was a good topic. Now we don't have a time of birth, so we just have a thing called a solar chart. But we're going to use that. So his birthday is February 20th, 1942. We don't know the time of birth. So I use Seattle, Washington, but he was born in Alabama. So uh, it doesn't really matter what you put down as far as um, location because it basically calculates the chart differently. So anyway, what we have here is that something that I was looking at, I was like, is there a dominant theme in this person's chart? Well, yeah, hugely dominant. Okay, first of all, he's got Moon in Taurus, okay, and he's got Mars in Taurus, Saturn in Taurus, and Uranus in Taurus, all next to it, although the Moon is not close to the other three, but these three are conjunct, the Mars, Saturn, and Uranus are all conjunct. Okay, so, when we're talking about the man who will not release the $2,000 stimulus, because for whatever reason, that's what's talking in his chart, you know, Saturn and Mars that's man who can really come, he's, he can pack money into his savings and he doesn't ever want to spend it. So, I mean, he's basically using his personal ideals to actually run the government, which I'm not sure if is a good idea, but that's kind of how he is. So this is, you know, um, that's a lot of Taurus. That's four out of 10 planets in Taurus. And Taurus is about personal money, you know, how you store away money, how you save it, whatever it is. So, you know, a moon in Taurus is somebody that's very concerned about money. You know, just make sure that he has enough and, um, and he doesn't spend it. It never spends it. Never. Because it's just something that gives you a great deal of security. Because that's what Taurus is all about. It is about security. Okay, and there's one other thing that I wanted to bring up because I thought this was really interesting. His Venus is at 5 degrees Aquarius, which squares his moon. And it's retrograde. Venus's retrograde is kind of a rare thing. It doesn't happen that often. So the instinct, the, the Venus instinct is much more ingrained. It's much more internalized than even um, a normal Taurus moon would be. So if you have a Taurus thing here and you look where Venus is, we have Venus in the, not in the 12th. We can't see the houses are not right. So we have Venus retrograde next to Mercury retrograde. And it's very interesting because these two planets are stationary. Da, da, da. That's my big. Can you give me a rim shot? <laughs> Yay, that's good. That was my <laughs> I wanted that for a big emphasis because because of his emphasis on money so much within the framework of the government, he has such a strong need to control money really strong need and he also has a pluto squaring his moon it's about power okay so a lot of people are saying he's accumulating power through money so we could say that and we will say that because it's exactly how i would interpret it so even though he's a pisces he's kind of 
soft and fuzzy type of guy. But, you know, inside he's stronger than an ox. An ox, literally. You know, moo. (laughs) So, anyway, um, his chart is just really self-explanatory. And the emphasis is on the Venus. You know, because of a stationary planet, it's going to take over your whole chart anyway. And it's next to Mercury, which is also stationary. So it's kind of about speaking about how he's not going to give money to people. You all see that connection? I do. So it makes sense when, you know, people do things in their lives and and it makes public eye. You got to take a look at the chart to see if that's an issue for him. And it is an issue for him. We can't, we can say that for certain. So anyway, that was our Celebrity of the Week and the Astro News of the Month. And so we're going to take a break right now. And then when we get back, we're going to be welcoming our guest, Mr. Matt Shea. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Natasha Venter at angelicclarifications.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, January 3rd, it's Shelter Rescue Sanctuary and Anything That Helps Our Animal Friends Sunday. We'll find out if anything has shifted for the Seattle Dogs Homeless Program yet and chat with Laura Cook. We'll check on our regulars. Plus, there's more to celebrate at the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga in January. Should be a great show. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKW Alternative Talk Radio. And now it is time to bring on our guest, Mr. Matt Shea. Mr. Matt Shea, how are you? Happy New Year's, Eileen. Thank you. My brother Dan contacts me every morning. Yeah. It's the Happy New Year, the first weekend. Right, right. And he congratulates me starting off on the right foot. He and Lloyd are very happy that I made the show so early. Oh, good. I thank you very much. Oh, you're... Thank you. <laughs> Is that tap dancing? Fireworks. Oh, fireworks. It's not like somebody tap dancing. Eileen, <laughs> this is a lot of fun because every night my little sister contacts to tell me how the shows went in her uh-huh. open, and she loves this one. This oh, is her good. top one. I'm, I'm really glad and that she And then Dan... Does. Greets me in the morning with the sun and, hey, how are you doing today? Love you. And, oh, you're on Eileen's show. Great. So, oh, that's nice. That's... Oh, things has been wonderful for the Shea household. Oh, I love it. You know, the show is pretty well received by a lot of people, and I'm just really very thankful for that, that we have such good audience. So thank you, guys. Anyway, so we're going to be talking about the projects that we're doing, and um, I'm reading a story for right now, The Guardian Angel. What's it called? The Guardian Angel Report. Uh, thank you. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting story. I have to read through several times to get the kind of the flavor and the theme of it. It seems like it had to do with the evolution of one of the people that they hang out with. You know, and that's Chase McMansfield. You know, the evolution of him moving to a higher level. But all these a- um, angels were around him, you know, to help him do that. So that's very cool. So anyway, um, so let's talk about um, what we're doing with this. Uh, you've got your hand up. Are you? Do you want to talk? Well, <laughs> you just commented about how well received the show is, yeah. and we have done some recently. We did Martha Norwalk's last right, week. Right, right. I have gotten some fanfare from Oregon. Oh, we have Lane. There you go, Oregon <laughs> territory, and this is Lane from Portland, Oregon, including her 
friends, uh-huh. D, Amber, Jeff, Jared, John. And they really got a lot out of that show last wow. year, last week, excuse me. And they also want to get some readings from you. Oh, well, that's nice. We like to hear that. Exactly. They will yeah. be getting your website from me, but okay. expect to hear some fanfare from Oregon. Well, that would be lovely. Thank you. Um, that was a fun show last week with you guys. Uh, yes. Any more? You we have other <laughs> things to say. He's raising his hand. I said, well, just keep talking. <laughs> I got I to say hello to my buddy Carl. Okay. Because he and Bridget like the show. They enjoy these interviews. Okay. My friend Diana Yarborough, who I used to work with, she wants to get a reading. Okay. Her, her and Carl both do. And then we got to say hi to David Smith. I used to work with him. He wants a reading. And Renee Klaus, you've the met whole Renee. Wants We're done a here. Well, when you're good, you're good, Eileen. <laughs> it's the new year, and they're starting off on the right foot. Well, that's lovely. Renee sends her best to you. Oh, thank you, thank you. Okay. Tell her, tell her hi, for me. That uh, give her my love. So that's awesome. Okay, so you got all the all the 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 the, uh, the list you had to talk to. You know, I got the to? first part of it. I'm done. Oh, you're done. Okay. No. All right. Okay. All right. That's good. And I like hearing that people want readings because. I keep thinking that if people will do that, they don't have to necessarily do it with me, but do it with somebody that that really knows what they're doing. And I hope to think that I like to know what I'm doing. But uh, doing a reading with somebody that has competency and that can tell you exactly what's going on with you. Yes, you have. You keep raising your hand. This is not school. They, <laughs> they have specified Jupiter rising Eileen Grimes. That's who they want a reading from. Okay. All right, understand. Oh, so lovely. Anyway, <laughs> so anyway, um, I just did a reading for a client a couple of days ago. It was a, writ- a written writing, which I don't do that often, but it was a, for a yearly forecast. And what I did is kind of interesting. I found all these transits, Jupiter and Saturn transits, and kind of they link together somehow. They seem to overlap each other because Saturn and Jupiter are not relatively close in the sky, but they're kind of close together in in signs type of thing. So anyway, and they were close together a couple weeks ago out in the sky. So, hey, who knows? Anyway, so um, what I found out is that when we have like Jupiter things going on and when there's concurrently a Saturn issue happening after a Jupiter issue, that means you're learning how to establish yourself and take your, you know, maximize your opportunities, but make sure you ground them, you know. And so um, I basically tried to con- interconnect all of these things that were happening to her and trace them through time. And it was very interesting because um, I was able to do that. I was able to find the, the, the kernel of truth running through all of that so that she could, you know, plan her life accordingly. So... Yeah, so that's something new that I'm now doing. It's a new, it's a new process. It's a new service. It's called yearly forecast, but it's written out in my words, so it doesn't actually follow a format of a, a computer program. But it's something that I'm doing on my own. So anyway, yes, okay. So um, anyway, let's talk a little bit about the Barrel of Monkeys, the group that we have that are doing these crazy things. And um, one day we were at eating at the Pizza Costa restaurant. We're trying to figure out what to call this group. And something you said, well, this is sort of like a barrel full of monkeys. And I went, that's it. That's what we're going to call it. So 
That was cool. I remember that day very well. Yeah. Uh, when you and I were getting to know each other a while back, I would enjoy listening to you having conversation with other radio people uh-huh. because you're away from the microphone. You're just being Eileen. Yeah. And then you go tick for tack. You do a very good English accent. You do a Texas one. And you just do it in the fun conversation. And so I look at these stories where you get to do various characters. Right. You have that rich little about yourself. I'm not rich little, but well, <laughs> I just, I think I can do replicate a fairly decent accent. There's some that I just can't do. Like Irish is really difficult to do. It's just full of all sorts of directions in it. But British, since I had a British grandmother, I was able to copy her fairly easily. You know, so, um, yeah, I do that sometimes. It's fun. Yes, exactly. You just, you wear many hats. It's the same person. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and when I was doing the Texan accent, I was imitating my former um, editor when she was talking about, well, you know, you're going to have, y'all are going to have to explain what you're saying in this section because we can't understand it. I'm just a silly old girl from Texas. And I said, okay, well, I'll explain it to you. You know, she was acting kind of goofy, but that was funny the way she did it. But that's how she normally spoke. So anyway, okay, so this is a kind of a group business. There's four of us in this group. There's Matt, there's me, there's Doug, our former co-host, and also Kevin McDonald, who is um, the co-host or the co-host of the Martha Norwalk show one episode a month, the end of the month. He does that. And so um, today I'm going to be recording my second one with you. It's called The Guardian Angels the Report. Thank you. I knew I'd come up with the extra, extra note. So um, what inspired you? with the, the, I was kind of curious about this as I've been reading through this story. It's an interesting story, but what inspired you to write this one? What inspired me is that I... Renee is dual citizenship, Canada, mm-hmm. and I just love her family north of the border. And she has a nephew named, um, oh, come on. I keep calling him. He's my chase First thing that still. goes. <laughs> yeah, it's the mind. Yeah, but over anyway, 60, that's it. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, he's a buddy. And uh-huh. We will go out, we'll hit a burger place, talk, and I see how pure and honest he is, Yeah, how caring he is and yeah. everything. And he became this character, Chase Mansfield. Oh, yeah. And so Jeremy is his name. Yeah. And I just noticed that they're pure. Mm-hmm. They're honest. They're not there to hurt people. Mm-hmm. But they don't do a facade either. They yeah, just lay right. those cards down face up. Yeah. And so the Guardian Angel Report is that such people, in my book, mm-hmm. were intentionally programmed that way and put here yeah. to kind of check us to see how honest we're being to keep us in line absolutely and so it comes from that because this is something that comes from the heavens Mm -hmm. returns because that's what we're getting here yeah exactly i agree with that yeah there's always souls that are born that are seemingly very pure you know and they don't have very much they don't have much of a gender or very much history they have to go back and reflect and do they're really kind of cut out of cloth that's very free and open because they were not subject to the past that much. So, I mean, we could say they're old souls because they have all those experiences under their belt, but they don't feel they have to repeat them this time. But also, um, they're kind of newer souls. Um, 
like, you know, the younger kids that are the, I forget the what they're called, but souls that are incarnating that are very free and open and with very little programming or very little past that they have to worry about. So Yes, this is a form of being autistic, and those people actually set a very good example for us. Yeah, they do. They really do. Um, and um, the cleaner they are, I mean, I remember one girl that I knew, um, my friend Haley, who unfortunately passed away last year. She was an angel on the earth. She really was. And um, it, was, uh, it was really sad when she died at 35, which is very young. But um, she, she had all these talents. You know, she could compose music. She was writing music. She was writing books. You know, the whole thing. She multi-talented. And yet the things that normally would bother people, you know, uh, from past or men's stuff or, you know, relationship stuff, did bother her. It was just something that she wasn't kind of on that. She wasn't on that track. And she was here to, to explore her creativity. And... Uh, and somehow use it some way to help people. Because she loved children. She loved helping children. She wrote children's books, you know. And so um, she was a very free soul. And, you know, um, there's other stuff that was going on there, yes. But um, uh, looking at her soul in totality, it was a very free and um, uh, some not unencumbered soul, you know, that could go and do that stuff. Just stuff that would happen for her, like, you know, getting a musical gig or whatever it was, just happened out of the blue, and it was effortless for her. So, um, yeah, there's just, it, there are souls like that on the planet. There are, you know, free, and, and, and they're very angelic, too. That's the other thing, and that's probably why these were angels in your story that you wrote about. That's precisely what that story's all about. Mm-hmm, yeah. So um, it, it's an interesting for story. I was trying to go through it several times to get the, what does this story mean, you know? And um, I think Chase Mansfield, who was the center of that story, is the one that is the angelic soul that is is becoming angelic this lifetime. And so we had all these guides around her, him, helping him move to the next place. And so that's kind of what he was doing, right? Yes, he oh. was basically assigned where to go, who to be around, okay. because he had to set the example and kind of give them a swift kick. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was just really... by being his pure self. Yeah, that's it. That's all he had to do was to be himself. So it was really awesome. So anyway, we have to take a quick break, really quick, and when we get back, we'll be talking more with Matt about his books. This is the Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for guess who? Matt from Matt Shane is Barrel Full of Monkeys. Woohoo! Anyway, Barrel Full of Monkeys Productions. Uh, he started this group. He started us. It's New Venture. Uh, the Barrel Full of Monkeys Productions that basically are going to be collections of Matt's writings in mini audio book form, which is great. Our first audiobook is now out. It's only $5, and you can order that at mattshaybooks.net. And we are now working on our second audiobook at the end of this month or last month, but I'm, I'm the last one that has to record, so there you go. So Matt would love to hear from you and promises to answer any or all who contact him. You can write to him at his personal email address, 
at workinmat7, W-O-R-K-N-M-A-T-T-7 at AOL.com. And don't forget his website, www.matshaybooks.net. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcome Kim Chesney, who talks about sharpening your intuition using her very practical program from Radical Intuition. Control your own destiny in 2021. On Saturday, Corey Cooper celebrates the birthday and musical legacy of Elvis Presley, forever known as the king of rock and roll. Bringing you fascinating talk one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Organic, free range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, astrologer, and with me this morning is one of our favorite people in the whole world, and that's Matt Shea, the author. He constantly writes. How many books are you writing right now? Honest to God, I've got like 30 or 40 different projects I play in and out with. Yeah. And it just bases on what time I get up at night, what mm-hmm. mood I'm in, what kind of reaches out to me. Yeah, right. So you have them started, right? And you have plots or outlines? Oh, yes. Outlines, plots, everything. Okay. And to go through my memory sticks, my notes, um, mm-hmm. it makes sense to me because I understand what's being engineered here. Mm-hmm. But somebody else, they wouldn't quite get it. Okay, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, so... It's sort of like having 30 piles of papers on your desk, you know, each pile attributed to the, each book kind of type thing. So you have to keep everything straight, which is interesting. Your brain is really rather interesting to watch. I can only do one at a time. But um, it's, um, you take on issues that are, are universal to man, basically about the inhumanity to people, but also how they are freed by circumstances in the life that they have so they can be freed up to be who they are. And so, and when that happens, great, huge emancipation takes place. I'm, that's sort of how I'm summarizing your books. Clearly. Okay. That's exactly it. Okay. And uh, one that I've been going back and forth with for quite a while, uh, I want to call it a cabin in the woods, but that is such a famous title already, but I could throw some words in and get away with it. Right. But it has to do with how when we lose elders in the family, yeah. different sides of the family declare a battle on those possessions. Oh. Like, I want to inherit it. I want this. I want that house. That okay. type of thing. Oh, yeah. That's so this typical. has to do with such a thing. Mm-hmm. And then we walk through the story and they get spiritually refreshed why they are actually a family, mm-hmm. why they were to go through this life together as a family. Right. And they start to realize that um, the possession is all of us. It's uh-huh. not a battlefield out there to get that house. Okay, yeah. And and usually the house symbolizes much more than a house. That's exactly what it does. Unless it's the family complete, meaning everyone, yeah. it's it's worthless. Everything is symbolic of something much different, much bigger. You know, because the house is the symbol of of the the homestead, the family um, gathering and um, and being together and finding commonality and, and finding out what way each person in the family is to take in life. You know, so that's a place of home where you are rooted and you come back for support, you know, and, and that, that's kind of how I would describe it. 
It's yeah. more like a home base, so to say. Yeah, I mean, you come home and, and you just come home and you don't have to be anything else but yourself and talk about whatever she want to talk about. But there's no pretense. There's nothing going on there, you know, at all. Because the family, basically, if everything is going right in the family, the family will accept you for who you are. So, you know, and encourage you to be um, individualistic. I mean, this is the thing, you know, right now, with the planets the way they are, Saturn and Jupiter in Aquarius, this is all about unity of every every faction of all the whole planet. But it is also taking each individual and have them maximize their potential in the world. You know, and that doesn't mean following in father's footsteps unless that's basically meant to happen, and that can show in the birth chart. But if you're meant to break free of the chains and the battles that are inherent in families, if you're meant to do that to start a whole new direction, then that's what the person has to do at the risk of alienating everybody else. Yes, you're raising your hand again. (laughs) (laughs) Eileen. Yes. I love watching the cable, the music channels, the Mm -hmm. classics, the 70s, the 80s. And so when they're playing something classic, it could be Mozart or whoever, Mm -hmm. they give you little tidbits about their history. And some of these people go back to the 1600s. Oh, yeah. And it's always the same thing. Their father wanted them to be in the medical profession. Their parents frowned on them trying to become a successful musician. And so it's what you said. They had to break away with that and hold yeah. true to their calling, and it played out. You know, it's interesting you mentioned Mozart, because Mozart was an Aquarius, and he basically was here to break away from his family unit, except that his family unit was really talented. You know, his father played professionally. His mother was also a professional musician, too. So he came by it naturally. But somehow he had to break away from that structure, you know, and he did it in his own way. I mean, he he basically was self-employed. He didn't, you know, have anybody else working for him. Back then, society was so different, you know, and how to get commissions and getting stuff like that to to, to support people, you know. So, uh, but he broke away from all that, you know, and he was a bit of a loon, (laughs) you know, especially if you watch Mozart's in Amadeus. The guy who played him, Tom Hulse, was just brilliant. But um, it, it was very funny the way he did it. But it's so tragic on the other hand because when somebody is born into the sign of Aquarius, that means they're here to break all society's rules. And if you're born into a society that is way back in the 1500s or 1600s, that's going to be a little more difficult than it is now, okay? Because that's kind of been purged quite a bit since then. But so, you know, the thing about his father, his father was just had a thumb on him the whole time he grew up, you know, and says, you need to do this. You need to behave this way. You need to be playing this. He started playing a a concerto with his own writing, too, when he was five years old. So, you know, it was difficult for him because it was a part of him that just wanted to go out and play, you know, didn't want to do anything. So he kind of he had to. That he, was him. he had to do that, and it, basically, when he got older, he did that more and more. He started playing a lot, you know, and so um, he was just an interesting man. But Aquarians generally here to break society's rules; they just are, you know. And so you would hope they have the chance to do that. And he did to some extent, because his music that he wrote was very different than everybody else's. So he did change the direction the way music went. So. Well, I remember you were equating him to Eddie Van Halen. 
Yes. Not correct me, correct me, but yes. is it true that both could not actually read music? Yep. And who? No, I think Mozart could read music. You know, he was he was brilliant at that. But Van Halen couldn't write, read music. But he was an in- instinctual musician. He just knew it, you know, from his feet on up. He started off playing Mozart as a very young age. Yeah, he did. He loved it. And also their birthdays were one day apart. I remember that. Yep, one day apart. Obviously not the same year. I think it was a couple of hundred years, you know, between difference. But... But they were still born in the same time frame, same astrological sign. So, um, and of course, he grew up with Mozart around him, and he, of course, named his son Wolfgang after Wolfgang Mozart. So, you know, he paid tribute to him through his sign, his his father's sign, or yeah. And so, Wolfie, the the son, is now taking on a rather interesting. He's taking on a rather interesting, rebellious life right now since his father died. So he's got that mantle on him now to take on, you know, to take on the father's natural rebelliousness. So, yeah, and um, the thing about Aquarians that are so interesting is, yes, they're rebellious against society, but they care about everybody. So they're going to be the first ones doing the, the humanitarian type of things that the rest of the signs won't do. So, yeah, um, it's... Uh, when I found that to be, you know, between um, um, Eddie Van Halen and Mozart, I found those commonalities. I just couldn't believe it. I actually figured that he could have been reincarnation of Mozart this lifetime because he was playing Mozart at three years old. I mean, come on. You know, that's, that's like something that's ingrained in his hardwiring or in his DNA that made him do that. You know, he just didn't, you know, walk by... Mozart's music and said, oh, that's interesting. No, he said, no, i got to explore that. So, yeah. When we talk about parents trying to make the decision in yeah. regards to what career their child would have, yeah. a while back I saw an absolutely hilarious documentary interview with Buddy Hackett and Rodney Dangerfield. They were friends at a young age, and Buddy Hackett, the way he would kind of slobber and talk and yeah. lisp and funny his parents wanted him, demanded that he be a pharmacist and how Buddy would try to pronounce the word pharmacist. But he went to school with Rodney and Rodney would practice jokes on him and get get him to come back doing that, Buddy Hackett. Yeah. And so Buddy could never get away from wanting to be a comic and entertainer. Wow. And his parents wanted them to stay away from Rodney Dangerfield. Wow. And look how it played out in life. Look who they became. Wow, that's that's very interesting because knowing what I know about Buddy Hackett, he, he was this kind of a slurring sort of way that he spoke. And he wanted to be a pharmacist, which would take an extremely accurate and pre- predictable way of speaking to repeat directions or ingredients that go into a pharmaceutical mix. You know, so that would be difficult for him to do with the way he talked, which is interesting, which could have been actually good. You know, he would learn how to speak more precisely. but um, Very intelligent guy. Yeah. The same with Rodney Dangerfield. Very intelligent, too. He was a Scorpio. So, I mean, he, he just, um, he's a riot. I just loved Rodney Dangerfield. But it took me a long time to really like him with the movies that he did, you know. So Back to School was one of my favorite movies. So that was really cool. So anyway, um. You know, we all find somebody that we admire 
and that we all um that we want to like look at something or what about them do they admire and what would they like to integrate into themselves from that that person you know because it can be a conscious effort to do that and so yeah it's uh, fabulous so okay so Okay, so we have this thing, the um, Barrel Full of Monkeys, the second book, almost ready. It's just I have to do my piece today, right? Yes. Okay, I was wondering. So, um, yeah, I've been dragging my heels on it, I admit. So I've been kind of being staying housebound. I didn't really want to go anywhere, but that's okay. I'm up here, and we'll do it today. But um, <clears throat> and the other thing about it is I have Saturn in my third house, people. Just thought I'd tell you. Well, that means nothing, but usually when I speak and I v- verbally speak in front of people, like doing a book, it makes me very nervous. I'm going to screw up. So that's just something that I, I, I always kind of battle around in my head. I just have to put it over here. So yes, thank you for sharing that. I don't need to have that today. So anyway. So um, so what are, what are now you've moved, right? Yes, I moved to Marysville, and it has just been a gold mine for me living up there. Oh, that's great. The neighbors who came out and just everything. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it's a long trek down here to come down here, isn't it? Not really. No? Um, you get up early enough. Um, what, what's an extra half hour or something? I oh. have my coffee. I'm listening to my classics. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. Okay. So, um, yeah, and so... That's probably change your point of view, too, when you move. You have a moon in Cancer, as I recall. So the, the domicile you live in is extremely important. It has to be the right decor. It has to be the right ambience. It has to have the right feeling. It has to feel cozy. you got to be able to be able to cook in it. You know, it's, it's got a very domestic sort of feeling to it. So um, that's how you would have to have your house be, you know. So your home is probably more important to you than many of us, you know. It is, and it's all about silence, quiet. Yeah. And again, my kind of people, my neighbors, and you get these little omens. Of, I look up the paranormal society to see what they got to see, what they got to recommend. Mm-hmm. And from there you meet people. And if you don't see any hocus pocus, yeah. you still went to a fun cafe. You right. met nice people. You went through some nice parks and everything. Right. There's an awful lot out there, lakes to fish, places to camp. Yeah. A lot of buildings that have been there over 100 years. Right. That's another thing. Cancer Moon loves antique stuff. <clears throat> so old things that are sentimentally old, not new, brand new. No, no. You've got to have stuff that's old and has, has history to it. But you also meet new people, and they share their lives. Mm-hmm. And so you're hearing old stories from their point yeah. of view, yeah. but it just entered your life. And here's one I want to throw out to you. I met a guy who was a Civil War buff. Mm-hmm. The Civil War, that fascinates me. Yeah. And anyway, he went to Gettysburg to watch a reenactment, and he couldn't say enough about it. Okay, I want to stop you right there because I want to take a break really quick. So when we get back, we'll finish that, put a bookmark on there. So anyway, um, we have to take a break right now, and we'll be right back here with the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. <laughs> Hi, this is a live read for Susan Bergstrom of the Medicare Exchange. Medicare coverage is a very important and confusing issue as we near retirement, largely because Medicare doesn't cover 100% of your medical costs, only about 80%. 
That means we'll need affordable supplemental coverage that will take care of that 20%. Two, Susan Bergstrom can help get the best coverage for you. And with her, the process is very easy. And in the end, she's going to save you some money. So contact Susan today to set up your appointment. She will get you really perfectly set up. So uh, if you need more information, call Susan at 253-318-9379 or email her at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com. On the path to good health and well-being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, and with me is Matt Shea, our guest today. And he's talking about a story she was just going to tell before I interrupted him. My friend Trevor just met him recently. He's a Civil War buff and fascinating. Just so much trivia, so much history about that. And he made it to Gettysburg to watch a reenactment and to get close to the historians to learn and see more and more. Now, he told me that he was always a skeptic when it came to supernatural stories. And when mm-hmm. one of the tour guys mentioned that Gettysburg is renowned for such reports, he let them know that he was apprehensive about that. Mm-hmm. And they said they'd like to give him a demonstration. Mm-hmm. So he went along with this. At night, I don't know how late it was, this tour guide took him to the edge of the battlefield and presented him a quarter, mm-hmm. and she asked him to look at it, to inspect it to the point where if you would recognize it, if you were ever to see it again. And after a while, he goes, yeah, yeah, I'll always remember this piece. She says, throw it as far as you can into the battlefield. Mm-hmm. So he does. He hurls it into the darkness, and a minute later, he asks, now what? And she says, don't move, remain quiet. He said three minutes later that quarter was thrown back at him. Oh, my God. Yes. Wow. And I kind of equate that up there with the Indian burial grounds. We know to honor them how sacred. I would never go there to throw a coin in because I learned from this story. It's a message. Right, right. But to honor places, I'll pray, I'll pick up litter, but I know my side of the fence. Uh-huh. But he's, he's a decent guy. He's wonderful. But he was a little bit of a doubting Thomas. And uh, that woman proved her point. Oh, wow. That's great. That's, that's amazing that it came back. I mean, it sort of was shot out of a, you know, like something that shot it back well, it, to him. Well, it landed in the <clears throat> brush somewhere. Yeah. Middle of the night. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. The coinkydinkies of those types of things. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> when we're in metaphysics, kids, this is stuff that happens probably more than we even would admit. You know, things that land on our doorstep that we're just thinking about or you know, something we want to do and the opportunity shows up. You know, it's, it's really something. It's amazing how that happens. Have you noticed that? I'm sure you have. Well, <clears throat> as we age, it's, hey, wait a minute, there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. When you're young, you take it for granted. Yeah. Uh, a case in point, years back, a friend called out of state, and his wife was being evicted, his ex-wife, and they needed $240. Mm-hmm. And out of the blue, another guy who owed me money for a long time, this happened years ago, right. they didn't know each other. Yeah. He showed up with that, and the iron was hot, and by the skin of my teeth, I was able to keep them 
in their home. Wow. And I didn't want the money. It was Peter to Paul. It came back at yeah, the right, right time. But none of us had control. There was this, uh, is the word synchronicity? Something yes, in that that's effect. That's the word. Yeah, that is the word. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, synchronicity is something that happens more and more as you become more and more. Well, enlightened is one way to say it, but when you become more evolved and you actually notice this stuff, the coinciding of something happening like that. Um, I remember it was a lot of years ago, but um, it was like 25, 30 years ago when I was down in Aberdeen doing a psychic fair because I did a radio show down there for a couple of years. And uh, we had a psychic fair, and it was really good. We had it at the Cooney Mansion, which is, I've told you about that place. It's awesome, down in Cosmopolis. And we had it there. And um, I think I was talking to somebody, and they were saying, well, because it was an astrological event going on at that time, a, a thing called a Grand Sextile or a Star of David formation. Basically looks like a Star of David on this chart. And um, he said, do you realize that's a manifestation aspect? And I said, no, I didn't know that. And I said, well, okay, if I want to manifest, you know, I want to manifest seeing Bruce Hornsby and have him have me do his chart, you know, because that's a, that's, of course, I just blew it. I just told the guy that I do, I do astrology readings for, who's a well-known pianist, you know. And I said, well, I'd really want to get in contact with him. And I said, well, you probably should. So a week later, there he was. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it was amazing. I went to see him at a a, a, um, a thing that he did in downtown Seattle, a, a solo um, a solo concert where he was playing piano by himself. And um, I remember somebody saying, you ought to go down and talk to him about getting his chart information because he's just inside of the building somewhere. He's not hanging out in the back. And I said, okay, well, I could go do that. So I went down the escalator to see there he was, just standing there, you know. And so I walked up to him and told him that I'd like to get his chart information. It turned out that I had done a um, an, a, a long letter to him about 10 years before saying how much I loved his music, and it really inspired me. And it helped me through a divorce, quite honestly. It really did. And so um, I basically, he turned around, and, and I also sent my picture with it. I don't know why, but I did. And so um, his back was toward me. I said, can I talk to you a minute about it? And he says, sure. Turn around. He goes, oh, my God, Eileen, how are you? <laughs> I couldn't believe he recognized me. It was amazing. But, yeah, he did. He, he recognized me. After all those me. years. Yeah, after all the years. Yeah, he says, yeah, I know you. You know, Eileen Grimes, right? Yeah, <clears throat> right. So I got his birth information, and I ended up doing his chart, looked at his chart. It was very interesting. And I've been doing his chart ever since. That's been 30 years. So pretty amazing. Isn't that something? It really is, you know. And and every time he comes to town, he always gives me a ticket and brings me backstage so I can talk to him for a while. He's a very cool guy. You know, but, you know, the thing is that happened in in a series of of, um, coincidences that kept happening, you know, and you know, stuff that was seemingly way out of possibility happened. Worldwide, so. he'd be getting such fanfare mail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'd send him an email about his um, his chart, and he said, oh, you finally sent me the much-anticipated update, you know, like he'd been anticipating it, right? And so that was this year, and I was surprised by that, but... Um, he's told me that every single write-up I've ever done for him, he saved since, you know, I started doing these. 
which is a very high compliment to me. So Now, that book you wrote about the Titanic, the one that I have that I will never lend out to anyone, right. he commented on that. Did he actually read it? No. Um, I gave him a copy of the book, though. Um, I mailed it to him. As soon as I got the book in the mail, I, I sent it to him. And I remember uh, a, a few months, maybe a year later, I went to one of his concerts, and we were backstage and sitting in a sort of a semicircle. But we were outside at Woodland Park, and he said, okay, everybody, I want you to see that woman right there. He pointed right at me. He says, that woman wrote a phenomenal book. And I just went, ooh, okay. That was really cool. You know, this is a very, very, very good book. You should get it. So evidently, he, he said he read most of it. So it's a hard book to get through. You know, it is. It's, it's very detailed. So, yeah, since you wrote it, you kind of know how that works. But, you know, those are things that, um, that were beyond synchronicity for me. You know, that was stuff that um, I wished to happen and I never thought it would, but it did. So it was awesome. Oh, we only have two minutes left. Oh, my God. I've been going on and on. So anyway, we have to go, Matt. Thank you very much for being here today. And um, I just want to let everybody know that I'm going to be a guest on the show, Love from the Hip, H-Y-P, this Wednesday at 2 to 3 p.m. I'm going to be talking about astrology with Sakura, the, the, the host of that show. So I'll be doing that. And how can we get a hold of you, Matt? Well, it would be my website, mattsheabooks.net, and I say this every week, a lot of free stuff on it, so yeah, have fun navigating through it. You could write me. I love ideas. I yeah. write back. Yeah, that's great. So you should write to him. Okay, and also you can get a hold of me through eileengrimes.com. That's my website. And also the the show has a website, too, jupiterrisingshow.com. Okay, how much time we got? About a minute? A little bit more. A little bit more? Okay. So anyway, next week we have on Michelangelo, the uh, man who's going to be talking about Claude Debussy. He, he and I decided to talk about him on our next show, who was a fabulous, he was a 20th, 20th century composer, I think, or just at the end of the Romance period. And uh, his music sounds extremely fluffy and Neptunian. I was trying to find that in the chart the other day. I sort of found it, but anyway. So anyway, we're going to be talking about him, and he talks a lot about his background. He talks about also the astrology that he has and, and what created his background. So Matt Michelangelo is an incredible, incredibly detailed man who has written a lot of stuff about composers. So I'm having him on a regular basis just because I, I love composers. I have, a mu- I have a music degree, so why not? Okay. So anyway, um, that's it for us. Matt, you say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye and Happy New Year to all. Yes, thank you. And that's it for us today right here on the Jupiter Rising Show. We'll see you next week right here on the KKNW Alternative Talk Radio.